Blurred up, blurred up. Welcome to the show where we talk about nerd culture from a BPOV, a black POV. I am your host, Brendan, and I'm joined by Ali Soko. How you doing? I'm feeling a lot better, thank you. Yeah, you were you were kind of kind of uh, feeling a little rough earlier today. I don't know the uh, way of not overworking, so <laughs> that seems to be to my detriment these days. Tell me about it. Yeah, I feel you. Well, we are very happy that you're here because we have a journey ahead of us. Mm. Uh, I'm actually going to split this show into two parts, a double header for us recording, double header for you all this week. In part one, I'm going to wrap up Obi-Wan. We'll share our thoughts on Miss Marvel so far. We're going to spoil Thor, Love and Thunder. And then for part two, we're going to go back to TV land to discuss the third season of The Boys, Umbrella Academy, Stranger Things. But first today, I want to announce that I'm, uh, I'm streaming on Twitch now. I've always wanted more community interaction, and I think Twitch is a great medium for it. So come through and hang out. Uh, we've been having some fun conversations there. I've been kind of just talking about my old man teaching stories with my, my Korean kids. <laughs> um, my handle is BlurdyB, B-L-E-R-D-Y-B. My schedule so far is Tuesday and Thursday, 6 to 8.30 KST. So for my listeners in the States, I'll be playing when you wake up and go to work. So uh, holla at your boy on the can or your commute. Uh, <laughs> I also want to play on the weekends at some point, but I don't have a definite schedule yet. But, you know, you get Ali Monday, Wednesday, Friday. Yeah, Monday, and Wednesday, Friday. Uh, for It's 8 a.m. EST for Americans. Okay. Yeah, so you got, you got Monday, Wednesday, Friday, and Tuesday, Thursday now. Yeah, I got a full, full streaming schedule. Just tur- wake up, turn us on, get some laughs. Yeah. But your favorite Blurcasters. <laughs> At the time of this recording, I've crossed the threshold of minimum followers to become affiliate. So go support nice. your boy. Totally free. Yeah. That's a uh, usually a really you. hard part for people. Next part is yeah. getting those viewers. Right. Average viewers. Right. Now you're totally right. It's fun, but it is a challenge. I'm, I'm excited to get into this new challenge, this new chapter. We all know the most important part of Twitch is emotes. So... <laughs> That's true. I already have some ideas. I'm very excited to roll those out. I think once I become affiliate, I'll uh, I'll pump those out as well. I'll be streaming Splatoon 2 primarily, but there are so many games that I want to try out now that I have a gaming laptop, so I'll switch it up. I was playing Portal on Switch, but I beat that, and now I'm going to finally play Portal 2. It's my first time to play it. But yeah, there are there are countless games, countless indies in particular that I want to catch up on. Also, you know, as soon as movies and TV shows and cultural events and whatnot happen, I would love to discuss those things with you all instead of simply talking at you through this podcast. So, you know, instead of me putting in a lot of hours before and after I record and then playing games to decompress, you know, I can combine that community interaction and all together. So I'm, I'm excited. Um, there are things I would like to do via Twitch that I couldn't do on the podcast. So as soon as I get more familiar with the technology, I'll expand on that too, hopefully within reason so I don't burn myself out. Don't look at me when you say that. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, you know, I, I work hella hard too. It's, you know, mm. speaking of burnout, Disney. <laughs> <laughs> I want to talk really quick about Obi-Wan. I'm going to try to be brief. The last two episodes were a mixed bag. Moses Ingram's character, Reva, spent her whole life it turns out, planning to kill Darth Vader. So she went to the dark side and worked under Vader as an underling because she was a child, Jedi youngling, and Anakin 
killed all of her friends in front of him. And she pretended to be dead among the victims. You know, it's kind of like a parallel to the events in American schools. Um, it's a heartbreaking story. But all the patience and calculus that was insinuated in her character went out the window when she screamed from behind Darth Vader. Again, one of the greatest Sith Lords of all time <laughs> and attempted to kill him. And it just, it's made no sense, especially when she so stealthily, I'm sorry, she attempted to kill her kind of boss under Vader, uh, the Grand Inquisitor, just a few episodes prior. And I'm talking kind of at you, Ali, because you uh, you don't know what's going on. But for the audience, it's it's so crazy. I get I get the story. I, I I'm catching it. I'm I'm not okay. I'm not a Star Wars fan, but I know the mm-hmm. story. I know what goes Word. on. So like I'm still following you as you're talking about it. So they have a fight. Vader's like, I knew you would betray me. And he, while she's on her knees, like he stabs her like with the lightsaber and like you thought this would be it but later on she's alive pops up on luke's planet plotting to kill the son of darth vader and you know he just ran her through star wars is very fantastical from the start but there's been one constant when you get run through by a lightsaber that's your ass it's a it's a it's a light it's literally like burning you it's not a just yes. stab you being burnt everything that's not healing <laughs> We've seen characters get cut in the arm or hit in the arm and they walk away, but I can't think of anyone taking body shots. I and mean, surviving. I'm real because it's cauterized. You, it's an yeah. instant cauterization as soon as it goes right through. Yeah. Ain't no healing right then. Right, exactly. Need, even even to heal, she would need instant emergency medicine that I am sure in that situation, by the way, you just told it was not possible. No, she she was left for dead in that episode. In the very next episode, she's well, she's walking around doing force stuff. Like she she assaulted Luke's home and like could have killed him if she wanted to, but she had this emotional scene. <gasps> I I can't do it. And it's like it was a touching scene. Like as an actress, she did really well there. But it was such a goal goal reach to get her there. The storytelling just got a little. Yeah, it was wild. I mean. The only time I've seen someone survive was when uh, the black dude, Finn, he got his spine like literally dissolved by uh, Kylo Ren's lightsaber in the first reboot. And that was fucking ridiculous. This is the magical Negro trope. <laughs> it just, just can't die. I mean, mag- magical Negroes help people. It was just like, just it was just, they, they just survived because of the plot armor. It was really magical white folks saving these black <laughs> folks so they aren't attacked on Twitter. Um... There's a finale fight between Obi-Wan and Vader, and I thought that was the best thing about this series. Uh, living up to the promise of the show, Vader left Reva for dead and didn't confirm that she died. In this fight, Vader also leaves Obi-Wan for dead. He buries him in rocks and is like, I win, and left. It just made no sense. For uh, a group of people who are trained to assassinate, to kill, they, they're doing a really bad job. Like, Reva <laughs> failed to kill the Grand Inquisitor. Vader failed to kill Reva. <laughs> And then Vader fails to kill Obi-Wan. It, it's so weird. Man, and so then, y'all are failing at the only thing that is your job. Yes, that's your, yeah, yes. <laughs> like, I don't know, I don't know how I'm supposed to, to, to. You have one job, sir. Um, then Obi-Wan comes out of the, out of the rubble, like Neo in the Matrix. Like, he just unlocked the cheat code. Like, he's levitating rocks and pummeling Vader. That's really cool. Um, my favorite part of the fight is when Obi's fighting Matt Dirty. Like he starts hitting Vader's chest and destroying all those knobs and machinery that, that keeps him alive. It'd be like me fighting an old man and destroying his dialysis machine. <laughs> like in some ways, it kind of diminishes how intimidating Vader is with that kind of weakness. It's like, bro, shut up, for I just turn your ass off. 
<laughs> it's like the way that Vader chokes people from afar, you could just turn his knobs off from a distance and or just pull the whole plate out, you know. Um, but their dialogue was the crown jewel. The, the, there was voice mixing by James Earl Jones and Hayden Christensen. Anakin's gone. I'm what remains. Vader is telling him that he killed Anakin, not Obi-Wan. And I you know that's what Obi-Wan needed to hear to assuage his guilt and move on. And it, it helped complete Obi-Wan's arc here. And it made some things Obi-Wan said later in the movies make more sense. I thought that was really well done. Um, then it got ruined by the writers because they didn't know how to make it believable <laughs> that Obi-Wan wouldn't kill Vader. Like literally Vader was on the ground, like breathing, you know, his whole oh, like labored breath. And Obi-Wan just, just walks away like goodbye, Darth. And just walks away. I'm like, bro, kill, kill, kill him. Like <laughs> he killed like all your, he killed you all your homies. One job, sir. One you job. You know, you're like, your job is to defend the galaxy, kill the man who killed like hundreds of your homies. I don't get it. I really don't. Um, so the show has some cool elements, like the, the the fight I talked about, the child actress who played Leia, I liked her, but there are just some plot points that just aren't consistent with the movies, like uh, Leia's message to Obi-Wan in A New Hope makes it feel like she hadn't met Obi-Wan prior to this. Um, the other plot conveniences, like no one dying so the movies can happen, was also pretty frustrating. It's like the writers have a touching idea for a conclusion, but don't know how to believably get us there. Um, it's happened with a number of Disney things that I was just going to say, this sounds very much so like that conversation we had about, uh, Dr. Strange and no way home. Really? Yeah. Like we had this good idea and then we just, the ending is just like, mm. yeah. With Disney shows, I'm getting to a point that I have with anime where I want to let the whole thing play out, wait for the reviews and then decide whether to invest my time and energy. Like, you know how some anime have a great start, and then they kind of fizzle at the end. Attack on Titan. <clears throat> um, anyway, let's, uh, let's move on to something I'm more positive about. Miss Marvel. That Miss Marvel is really interesting. It has some great elements, uh, but I feel like overall it kind of missed the mark for me. I do really enjoy the Pakistani history, culture, and language that we get to see. That is amazing. I already know you're about to talk about the soundtrack to death, so I'm not even going there. <laughs> but for me, like one thing I have always enjoyed about Marvel as an entity, it's its um interweaving of mythos from different culture and like comics Mm -hmm. um and and that was shown here where we get to talk about the djinn and like a lot of people don't know about the djinn but i have heard about the djinn and they are terrifying in indian and pakistani uh folklore and so it's so interesting to see marvel put that kind of folklore some really terrifying things which lead to terrifying things and we see why um 
and use that. So I think those are some really great positives of the show. Uh, so I want to start off with those before I just completely rip into why I didn't care for it. <laughs> <laughs> I, 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 didn't, I didn't know that the gin were his, a historical thing. Can you can you tell us in the audience? Because I don't know a little more about, about Jin that. Jin is like uh, the Pakistani and Indian boogeyman. Uh, not ah. boogeyman, like mm, think like... There are ghosts and spirits in the Caribbean. Every every culture has their own like ghosts and spirits. And jinn are kind of people, uh, ghosts or spirits from another dimension that can appear as human. But the thing that identifies the jinn is that there's always something wrong with their body. Like there's going to be something you can see. So, for example, there is a story I heard about the jinn where this girl goes into a restaurant, and the restaurant's supposed to be closed, but her father isn't closing the restaurant and she's like, dad, why aren't you closing the restaurant? He said, don't, don't talk to those people. Don't, don't make them get out. Cause usually they would have made the get, the people get out. And then when she looked down, all of their feet were backwards. Ooh. So, right. So the thing is, if you encounter a gin, it can be a very, very bad situation for like the person cause they're tricksters. Mm-hmm. So it's either going to be really bad for you or it could be really it could be a positive or a lucky situation, but you're, it's a luck of the draw type deal. Mm, that's fascinating <laughs> and terrifying. Like yeah. you, know, you, you see someone, you, then you just kind of <laughs> look down and they have like hot dog fingers <laughs> and they're like, oh shit. <laughs> they got all thumbs or something. <laughs> mm-hmm. So like, uh, like you looking down and all their feet is backwards, like, Okay. Yes, I met with the girl when she was coming in. She was probably like, "Oh, why this? These people? Because feet is not something you're just gonna notice. Just look down. Oh, oh, okay. We just gonna right. (laughs) Gonna vibe. Gonna leave that alone. Right. Yeah. So, um, y'all have probably heard the headlines that despite its positive reception, it currently has a 98% on Rotten Tomatoes. Miss Marvel has the lowest viewership of any live action MCU series. It has really resonated with Gen Z demographics, though, as well as people of color. By the way, folks at home and Miss Ali, can you guess the most watched Disney Plus series? WandaVision? Yeah, I would guess WandaVision. You are incorrect. Mm. It would be Loki. Really? But I don't think that's the best one, though. I agree with you, but I think because he's such a known quantity, I Uh think people are just more invested. I mean... Folks have been rocking Loki for literally 10 years. So You're right. You're right. Um, I think Miss Marvel has had one of the greatest challenges to lift itself off the ground on its own merits. Mm-hmm. With Moon Knight, at least you had a big star in Oscar Isaac. But I did not know Iman Villani. I don't want to mispronounce her name prior to this show. And I think the majority of the viewers are in the same boat. With Shang-Chi or something, you at least had the action to sell as well as Aquafina, And, and some Lee. people... Every a lot of people knew Kim Lou. He's from uh, Kim's Convenience. Uh, he played the son, so yeah. Exactly. Even though Captain Marvel made a billion dollars, I don't think the character herself is highly regarded beyond her powers. So I don't think it's a strong selling point, considering mm-hmm. that the marketing never suggested that she would even appear anyway. Mm-hmm. But Miss Marvel is juggling a lot of things that other solo properties haven't had to. The introduction to a character, mm-hmm. coming of age story, discovering powers. Uh, second generation immigrant experiences, some racism, the, the different side characters and villains who also need to be introduced. You know, the Eternals were struggling with all this stuff and they tried to cram it into a movie, but we all know how, how that turned out. 
Um, so it, I, I can at least, it, you know, sh- give respect to the show for trying to do all this. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the most recent comparisons would be Shang-Chi and Spider-Man in this regard, but Shang-Chi didn't deal with racism, though a few, you know, small scenes dealt with, you know, Aquafina's more traditional family. That was cute. Mm-hmm. Um, but Shang-Chi already had hands when we met him. He didn't need to get used to his abilities until the 11th hour when some, some you know, little elements were introduced. Um, and with Spider-Man, we already knew his power as an overall character from the previous movies and his role in Civil War. They already did a lot of the work. I mean, we just knew Spider-Man in general. Like Spider-Man exactly. Marvel's in, in pop culture. Boy, right. Yeah, exactly. I think with Miss Marvel, more than Spider-Man, it's a show for a younger audience. I said it on IG last week, but... I think Spider-Man does a better job of balancing its appeal to older audiences with the action, the drama, the jokes. And obviously the actors they bring in mm-hmm. um, also add more gravitas with Michael Keaton, uh, Jake Gyllenhaal, and the nostalgia buffet from No Way Home. I didn't like how it instantly became a race thing uh, because they're like, oh yeah, people aren't watching it because it's a brown girl. But I, I didn't like that take because I feel like when you say something like that, that leaves out the ability for valid criticism when you instantly say people aren't watching it because this is brown people and if that was the case then black panther would have been the lowest selling marvel property in the it's an all black almost all black cast black directors black costume designers black everything uh shang chi asian cast asian like uh costume creators all that it would have had to follow that same kind of situation for that to happen but it's there's a bunch of reasons why this show just wasn't gonna do what it's supposed to do like you already said it's not a well-known character and it's very 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 disney-fied it is like i am watching hillary duff with superpowers (laughs) (laughs) i am i did not i did not expect to turn this on and get like a freaking uh uh lizzie mcguire (laughs) <laughs> like show i wasn't expecting that i think a lot of people a lot of marvel fans were not expecting that it's cute um and I, i'm sure like the girl demographic probably like the female demographic probably like held on a lot more but i can see how it would have isolated a lot of the male demographic a lot of the older demographic it's just all the kind of demographics it's very niche in who this show would appeal to um yeah. And and that is just that just is what it is. It's a brand new character, but also the acting is very Disneyfied. I don't know if you caught that on, but I felt like a lot of the words were just stated, um, and then there was a lot of non TV acting. I would like to say I think a lot of the actors felt more Broadway than like TV and film. There were a lot it of did moments feel a little flat in the delivery sometimes. Yeah, yeah. I agree with that. So, and that makes it for a hard watch when you're watching something that's a superhero superhero film that's supposed to be dynamic with dynamic personalities and issues and emotions. Uh, so the Disney kind of, I, I call it Disney sitcom acting, where mm-hmm. it's fine because like you're just chilling and vibing, but it's not that engaging. Uh, there were so many lines and quotes that just felt forced, that felt not delivered quite well it just felt a little off i do feel like the main actress herself did a pretty good job i think she's she's very charming i think she's very 
believable as a real teenager getting these powers. But the everything around her was flat for me. That's I think that was my issue. Yeah. I don't need every show to be a knockout. Mm-hmm. You know, I think shows like this are like phase one movies leading up to the Avengers. They're, they're kind of putting people on the basis for a grand slam. Obviously, we're getting ready for Young Avengers. And that's fine. I think this show is fresh in an era of more serious and convoluted MCU stories. But I like Kamala, but she doesn't have a lot of strong character moments. Like the only one I can think of is her encouraging her friend to run for leadership at the mosque. I thought that was pretty cool. Like, she doesn't have a lot of women. I, I think what you're saying is she doesn't have a lot of individualized personality. She doesn't stand out. Um, if we compare her to other young characters that have been introduced into the MCU recently, uh, the new Bla- the new Black Widow, uh, the new Hawkeye, what is it, Kate Bishop? Uh, you know, we got Peter Parker. Each of these characters are so they have something. Um, mm-hmm. And and also they are you know naturally talented. And I guess her charm might be that she's awkward. But when you're going into a superhero comic, you're expecting, like, we're all looking for a little bit of fight choreography. And while she's getting there, this whole season, she just she just didn't have it. Um, I think it's, I guess, how, how would I word it? I'm fine with that. It's believable that this awkward kid doesn't know what she's doing. Mm-hmm. Like, if Spider-Man, like, if Peter Parker had these powers and he was, he was been by a radioactive plate <laughs> it can make it can, it can make light plates you know Struck i wouldn't expect him to yeah sure i wouldn't expect him to know what he's doing so like i it's like it's, it's a hard thing because on one hand her not knowing what she's doing is very believable yes but at the same time it's not fun at yeah the same it's not time. enjoyable you know to watch right it's yeah just... like i don't care about any of these scenes these i, I i'm not going to youtube any action scene from this show mm-hmm. at all exactly. unless you know the season finale comes out this week We'll see what happens, but there's just nothing there for mm-hmm. me. Let's see. I, I do want to go on some things that I did like, though. Yes. Um, That's why I started. I started with it. Yeah. You know. No, no, you're good. You're good. <laughs> I, I have more positives than negatives to say. I will say that. Um, keeping with the good stuff. Here's a mixed one, though. The art that peppered the first episode, like Kamala's doodles that came alive and whatnot, that was really fresh. I thought that was going to continue. And then they abandoned it. Yeah, I was going to say, I thought that was continue out the show and it just didn't. Yeah, like, I was looking forward to something like Spider-Verse that, and that made this property stand out even more like a comic book. But yeah, they just abandoned that. I think we already talked about how the Muslim and Muslim American cultures were you know, woven into this narrative. And it's integral to what's going on and how Kamala sees the world and explores herself. One of our Muslim listeners got at me on Instagram telling me that they felt so good watching the characters just be regular people. That representation does really matter. Mm -hmm. I'm not Muslim or Pakistani, so I can't comment on accuracy, but I think Kamala's world feels like a real place. I also like the history lesson that we get with this show. Uh, I did not know anything about partition, right? Uh, yeah. The show and the show goes into a deep dive about it, mm-hmm. and like how Pakistan came to be. And no idea. So, like I said, yeah, like you said, there's a lot of good about the show. With as far as like content, this is the execution. I feel. Yeah, you're right. It, it's not a show that I would rewatch. It isn't a show that I would be excited to watch with someone else. You know, introducing the show. Like I'd be excited to introduce someone to Wandavision. Oh, you haven't seen this? Yeah, let's watch it. Like I'm, I'm down for that. This isn't that kind of show for me. Now, can I gush over the music now? Yes, that- go for it. <gasps> Deep breath. Deep breath. Uh, <laughs> I think the soundtrack is the strongest aspect of the show. I complained about Shang-Chi's lack of identity compared to Black Panther. And let me be clear. I don't think every minority-led property needs its character or music to be a slave to its identity. But when you market it that way, you got to come correct. 
And I think this show has a very distinct feel from other MCU properties. Um, the score is done by Laura Cartman, who did Lovecraft Country. She also is doing the score for the Marvels as well. And I think in the show, the score doesn't stand out to me personally, but I did listen to the Miss Marvel suite on YouTube by itself. And it's a great song. Uh, check it out if you haven't already. It definitely gave me Black Panther vibes. But to me, the real star of the show is the licensed music. It it really puts me in Kamala's head more than any Marvel property. Guardians of the Galaxy soundtrack was almost a character in itself outside of Peter Quill. Whereas I think what makes this more personal is that while Peter received music from his mother and it shaped him, it's assumed here that Kamala chose a lot of this music for herself. Um, and the music stretches across decades. You got the, the Beach Boys, the Ronettes, and Marvin Gaye from the 60s. Bon yeah, Hart. Yeah. P- Pat Benatar, Blondie, Hart from the 70s. Joan Jett from the 80s, no doubt. Garbage. Hole, the Breeders from the, the Breeders. This, this is before your time, but I forgot how much I like that Breeders joint. Like for those who are my age, there are so many one-hit wonder alternative rock hits that when I heard that song, I'm like, it just lit a part of my brain. That I hadn't felt in a long time. I was like, oh yeah. You had MIA, of course, from the 2000s. I mean, her taste is so great. Um, <laughs> the soundtrack is just varied in genre. It's so female and brown focused. It put me on to artists. Firestarter by LA Witch, Rebel Girl by Bikini Kill, Azia Slip. There's a Riz Ahmed deal with it song that goes really hard. I was listening to it on YouTube and someone posted the lyrics and it's like, I peep these bars, fuck getting paid if it means I don't stay brown. They don't like no Fuji's, but still killing us softly. That goes hard. Like he's, he's like a male MIA, but being a little more aggressive about imperialism and stuff. It's great. The song I played at the beginning of this segment, the transition is by a man named Ra Gendir. Ra Gendir, I'm sorry if I butcher this name. Um, they just put out an album last week. I was bumping that at work while I was writing for this show. I I played it for my kids. They were they were like bobbing their head to it while they were while they were coloring. I don't know about the listeners, but after diving into this playlist, I haven't felt this strongly about a soundtrack since the golden era of licensed movie soundtracks in the '90s. You ever stop experiencing like something like food or a movie or, or sex, and you're just like, "Damn, this is great." <laughs> <laughs> I don't. I don't know. Uh, I'm having a great time here. I think uh, "Bring It On" maybe that was my movie. I haven't heard it. It's got. Uh, it's got. It's got Black, which is a music group that no one seems to be aware of. I remember Black. I remember Black. Shit slapped. But anywho, yeah, "Bring It On" soundtrack is lit. Word. At a time when my interest in rap has waned uh, <laughs> over the year or so, this soundtrack pointed a light in so many directions, and I'm just very grateful for that. But yeah, I would be remiss if I didn't acknowledge that I have more to say about the music than I do, as we said, the drama, the story, or the villains. Ah, uh, the villains. Yeah. They they felt so wooden to me. I, I feel like there was a big part of the story that was just chopped and thrown away because it went 
the story went from zero to a hundred so fast that it didn't seem real. Like it didn't seem like mm. possible for these people to go like, oh yeah, we need your help. And then I'm like, okay, we're going to force you to help. It was very, very quick. I agree with that. It would be nice to like have that drama stretch out a little more. Just a tad, just so I can buy some realism. And so I can understand, honestly, I didn't, I couldn't understand why they wanted to go home so bad. I couldn't understand yeah. what was so, why they got exiled in the first place. Like those yeah. little elements would have really helped the story, uh, which is a big complaint I have had with phase four uh, Marvel so far is like the storytelling. It's kind of lazy. A little yeah. bit sometimes. A lot of shorthand, a lot of hand waving. Mm-hmm. I agree with you. Well, this is the kind of show where I really respect it, but I can't wait for other creators or even the creators in this show for a new season or, or the Marvels to like learn from what's good about it mm-hmm. and what's not so great and really you know deliver something a lot stronger yeah. in the future. Okay, you ready for the big one? <laughs> Speaking of things that were not stronger... Uh oh. Well, we already have her, uh, her, 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 her thoughts. Let's move on to the Thor Love and Thunder. Um, who would have guessed 10 years ago that Thor would have had more solo films than any other MCU hero? He's come a long way. Dark World is rated as one of the worst MCU films to date. I think it's underappreciated. I don't think it's a great movie, but I I do like parts of it. Um, But obviously Ragnarok really changed things around for the character. Getting away from the Shakespeare and just having fun was a really refreshing direction at a time when Marvel, in my view, hit a lull with Doctor Strange and Guardians Volume 2. I think Ragnarok had an incredible balance of uh, humor, stakes, and character development that I was looking forward to seeing in this follow-up. And of course, with Taika Waititi back as director and co-writer, you would expect greatness again. I didn't expect anything, and I was still disappointed. I think I told you I went in there blind, and I wasn't expecting it because it's a Thor movie, right? And Thor Mm -hmm. movies are generally not serious. They don't take themselves seriously as the whole little thing. Well, the first two did. More kind of. I mean, for Thor for, as a character for is, Marvel. Yeah, Thor as a character is like never a serious. Has never been a serious character in this in this uh, universe. So I didn't go in expecting much. Somehow, I was still disappointed. Well, <laughs> I was gonna build up the suspense. You was trying to, but I'm like, nah. <laughs> but to be fair, the title for this for this show already gives it away. <laughs> okay, let's let's break it down. Let's break it down with characters. Um, I'll start with characters first. Okay. Things that I did like. Okay. I thought the characters were fun. Thor is still pretty lovable. That frat boy charm is still there. But I got to say, they did make him dumber in this film. My homies are telling, well, he's always been dumb. And I'm like, mm, you're, you're not wrong. But I really like the balance of Infinity War Endgame Thor, where he was goofy, but still very serious and like like, there were parts where he was a little smarter i feel like they took away all of his character development is basically they they i agree thor started off dumb yes he was a frat boy who had no responsibilities for real who learned responsibilities who had a lot of trauma who did all this stuff and really was a different character by infinity war and it's just gone it's totally gone (laughs) totally he they, they they just hit the reset button um I think the biggest example of this is in the movie. This isn't a spoiler. It's it's a very just whatever thing. But 
in New Asgard, Thor calls upon the Bifrost in a building, in you know one of you know the New Asgard buildings, like, like a community center of, of sorts, and it just shatters the roof. <laughs> it just, just destroys the roof, and he goes away. And it's like they did it for a laugh, but even in, in Age of Ultron, when he learned that the Infinity Stones were uh, there's a plot to gather them, he leaves Clint's house and flies away. And in Thor: The Dark World, after the opening battle. He leaves the camp, walks away from the camp while talking to his homie and says, all right, I got to go. Heimdall, when you're ready, and calls the Bifrost away from everyone so it didn't hurt them. There are some jokes in this movie that they just tried to force in, but it didn't serve the character of Thor and some other characters too, which, which we'll get into. Mm-hmm. But I mean, by and large, I still like Thor, um, but he was annoying at times. Tessa Thompson is Valkyrie. You know, she's getting settled in, if not growing bored with being king of Asgard. She's itching for action. I think she got some cool character moments, but I wish she had a lot more. Uh, I think she could have been used a lot more in this movie. Um, I, I you said positives, so I'm just you're, you're waiting. <laughs> <laughs> you didn't like uh, the King of Asgard? I mean, she has some cool moments, did she not? Nothing zero. Wow. I felt like everything in this movie felt so forced to me and some of the product i don't know if that was there were moments I don't, you know exactly what scene i'm about to talk about where it felt like it was a product placement oh, but you didn't yeah. know what the product was and you didn't know what purposes had in the scene and it just felt like it was just thrown there and i was just like i'm gonna be honest like the movie kind of picked up by the end for me but like i was sitting i i sat through this movie i hate sitting through movies it's literally the worst thing ever it's so hard because i'm not a harsh judge of movies but i feel like when i don't like something it's just it just all ruined for me <laughs> I, I agree with you i'm gonna get to that have you ever watched that simpsons episode where bart lost his soul and like everyone's laughing but like he cannot laugh <laughs> i think i think i remember vaguely yeah that's how i felt about this this sometimes i, I haven't felt this dead watching a movie since um Matrix, honestly. I mean, this is not as bad as Matrix Resurrection. No, the Matrix made me angry. This one, I just was like... <laughs> yeah, that's true. But, uh, okay, let me let me get through the, the positives. <laughs> okay, I think Natalie Portman as Jane was, was pretty cool. I thought the three mains chemistry was good all around. Like, Valkyrie was giving Thor shit, but also being tired of his shit. I think Thor's romance with Jane was cute. This movie is largely a rom-com. The MCU has been pretty good about dropping genres into these superhero films, with Winter Soldier being a spy thriller or Guardians being a space opera, I feel like they've gotten away from that, opting for elements of things instead of going all in on it. Um, if it wasn't for gore, which I'll get into later, this would have been a complete rom-com. Back to the chemistry, you know, surprisingly, there were some sweet like sisterhood moments with Valkyrie and Jane. I just wish we got more of what we got. I said this about Doctor Strange, but I do wonder how much footage was cut to get to the just under two hour mark for this film, because I feel like there was more material in this movie. I... I. <laughs> uh, she is struggling. I struggling. Mm, the costumes were very nice. I like the costuming uh, of. Okay, I'm pretty much at the end of positives too. Yeah, and I think when we get to costumes, this is where I want to start. Okay. Um, the visual aesthetics in this movie are colorful and distinct. Yes. Um, there's there's a particular battle from the trailer that is mostly in black and white. It looked very cool for the most part. Mm-hmm. Um, it's still amazing that they've made Thor's costume work in the real world. But I will say that I did not like his new costume. I think Jane looked much better to me. Yeah, especially I, I, in I was. That's why I said costume like that. There were cost like I liked hers. I liked some of the other costumes 
Thoris looked a little like Comic-Con-y. Cos- co- yeah, that's exactly what I was thinking. I was like, how do I say this? I don't want to offend any cosplayers because actually I do feel like a lot of cosplayers uh, costumes would have looked better. <laughs> yeah, and the thing up. is, he he had a better costume in the beginning. He had a slightly darker, more minimal one that I liked a lot. But he got rid of it because I think he was jealous of Jane taking his look. But like the the first costume in the beginning of the movie was was great. <sighs> okay, so now I'm ready. I'm in roast mode now. Are you ready? Okay, all right, here we go. Okay, <clears throat> okay. Let's get this thing started. This sh- okay, okay. Time. <laughs> so I talked about characters. Do you want to go back to character first, or I'm I'm moving on to to visuals really quick. But if you want to go into characters first, we can do that. This story overall did not characters, make not story. sense. Yeah, I'm getting to the characters okay, because okay. the story didn't make sense because none of the characters were really acting like the characters as they had been in the last movie. I was very confused. Like the characters in their their portrayal of themselves or the story, I was I was like, why is this happening? Uh, I'm very confused as like the characters almost have had complete personality changes in Mm. a way and i I get like like you said valkyrie like she was cool but like in the in the movie before she was a much more serious character with like snarky remarks and this one she's kind of like a drunk less like i mean mean, she was drunk in ragnarok that's how he met her she's like really drunk like i don't care like i want to get laid all the time whereas in ragnarok she was like I'm drunk, but kind of bitter, but I'm, I'm kick-ass. Um, but this one, she was just like, I'm drunk. I'm tired of life. I ain't getting laid. Shit's, life's boring. I was like, God damn, this is... I mean, like I said, I think in the beginning I said she's getting used to being king, but getting bored. And I think that's fine. I mean, you can you can get used to something and, and want more. I, I don't think there's anything wrong with that, personally. I, 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 I wish I wish they, they gave her more screen time to explore that, though. I think that's I think that's the diff. Uh, maybe, because I was like, I, did, I wasn't getting... Again, the same complaint I had with Miss Marvel, I wasn't getting a lot of the deep reasons for a lot of the things because there were so many story elements missing. There were so yeah. many explanations that weren't there. I agree with you. The, I like the villain. I did like the villain. I like what he represented. Okay. Let's... Yeah. Okay. I tell you what. Okay. Yeah. Let's talk about gore. <laughs> talk about the first three. Let's talk about gore. I think gore... Christian Bale, you know, once in a generation actor... He definitely brought it. I, I saw a YouTube comments saying Christian Bale lived long enough to become the villain. <laughs> I thought that was funny. <laughs> I liked what he represented. I liked the questions, philosophical questions he presented. As a villain, I think he was really good. Just not for this movie. <laughs> yeah. Like, let's talk about his visuals first. I, I thought he was terrifying with the white skin, uh, the white costume contrasting with his his glowing yellow eyes. Side note, his, his opening scene was in the desert with his his daughter, and man was ashy as fuck. He, he's given Ashy Larry a run for his money. <laughs> I I wonder, given his approach to preparing for films, if a lot of that is real. Like, Waika's telling him, you don't have to actually live out here, bro, mate. We can CG this. And he's like, no, I got I to got, do this, mate. Can't take no shower. Uh, no lotion for like two weeks. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like literally living in the desert. They probably had to push back the filming schedule to let him starve and dry himself out. <laughs> he's like, oh, by the way, the girl's got to do it too. Like, what, what, me? Wait, wait, no, no, no. <laughs> His powers were scary. Like, mm-hmm. the whole manipulating the shadows. I can't think of another MCU villain whose powers were so intriguing to watch. Where many villains are just clones of a hero or just mm-hmm. standard, I'm strong, like Thanos. Like, this was refreshing. So, uh, you know, 
that's that's a positive. Yeah, yeah. I was trying to. I was really thinking about that for a while. I was like, what is the po-? the villain was probably the most positive <laughs> thing about this movie. Um, I just wish we had more of them. Mm-hmm. Um. The opening scene was very serious uh, and heartbreaking for the character, giving him very clear motivation. Mm-hmm. I thought they were going to make another Killmonger-like sympathetic villain, but he gets sidelined by Thor and Jane's plot, as well as the comedy, and it becomes a standard, I'm hurt, so I will hurt everyone bad guy at the end. And also for someone called The Butcher, he doesn't butcher much at all. There's some... I mean, he he butchers, but like we don't get to see any of it, and I think that's... Yeah, we see like the post yeah. scenes of I think we never really see him he only kills one person in this whole movie. Mm. I think Thor did more killing than he did. Yeah, that's that's absolutely correct. Yeah. And, you know, this bleeds into the story and the pacing. I want to quote top Rotten Tomatoes critic Winlay Ma. I hope I, you know, I'm I'm butchering all names today, but she said this movie suffers from cinematic whiplash. And what she means by that is the extreme tonal shifts this movie suffers from. I think Ragnarok had a better balance and focus of tone and character development, pacing and weight. On tone, we have that heartbreaking scene with Gore in the beginning, and then it cuts to this fake set joke scene with Thor and the Guardians. And what Thor is doing is way over the top than anything in Ragnarok. So by the end of that, with those two scenes in the 15 minutes, I'm, I didn't really know how to feel about the film and where it was going to go and what it was going to be. Russell Crowe's in this movie, and I think while he's fine the the detour to go into the realm of the gods where he presided just felt like a waste of time to show visual gags like Thor being stripped naked as you saw in the trailer. Now I know there's some folks who who don't mind that. Um <laughs> but but the adventure there could have easily been written out without a major effect on the plot and it went on for a long time. Yeah. I felt like it was wasted. It was like a wasted breath in a movie like when every breath matters that one was definitely a wasted one like if you were singing a song it was like they took a breath at a wrong moment and everyone's just like mm. and, and they stayed there for so long just to get like i think two plot points one right. that we really could have done without right and yeah it, it was and the other to set up another movie i guess oh yeah yeah oh yeah yeah i completely forgot see i completely forgot about it. i had no interest in seeing that anyway i was like man eh, okay. and there's and there's something that happens in the final conflict that makes going to the island more irrelevant too we'll get to that in the spoiler section mm-hmm. um on another note it's weird that zeus presides over this realm when there are other gods that came before him him being on top felt quite eurocentric to me mm-hmm. which i wouldn't have expected from a maori jewish person like taika watiti he's usually smarter than that i think it would have been much more subversive to put a different god at the top like zeus could be in the realm and thor could come in idolizing him expecting him to be superior or whatever but realizing that he isn't as great as he thought like it could still work yeah i was very confused by that again because like you they even mentioned god's older like amon ra literally older by quite a big margin and i'm just sitting here like we don't get to see none of that. And for it to be like Thor to be weaker is implied that Thor is supposed to be weaker than Zeus. I was like, that's kind of weird. Whereas Thor is a literal battling Thunder Viking. <laughs> and, and Zeus is yeah. over what? Fucking all of the Pantheon and beyond. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it just felt like a waste. Instead of that island, I would have much rather have spent more time with Gore. Like how we spent a lot more time with Killmonger. There wasn't enough time to empathize with him or give him any real weight. With Killmonger, you didn't agree with his methods, but he brought up some intriguing ideas about racial justice and what it takes to get there. There's a lot to explore regarding the anger at gods, the need for gods, and religion and how it can hurt people. I mean, these days, more than ever, with conservatives taking away abortion rights and you know we're scared about other things, I would have enjoyed a little more 
of that uh, time of that. that honestly they didn't do anything oh, you said this before there was another movie that suffered from this where they didn't convince me that he was wrong because thor was yeah. a menace and all the gods that we saw were a menace oh you said That's this you point. said that about um the eternals like we're supposed to be saving humanity but there is like no good reason to save humanity it yeah felt, it yeah, felt the yeah, same. yeah yeah like, you're very right they're like oh yeah we need to save the gods but literally every god we met was a literal menace <laughs> or lazy or not doing their job like yeah and they were spiteful like it's like there's a plot to blow up all the conservatives in in the house and it's like cat has to save them and it's like you're not convinced me why we have to save this people. <laughs> no i'm, so, I'm sorry <laughs> yeah i'm sorry I, you're it, not I'm tired of getting these people we're supposed to save, but you're literally not giving me any reason to say they are literally proving this man right. You yeah. asked them for help and they said, nah, we good. Why are you pulling me? I'm right. <laughs> <laughs> Another tagline from Winlay Ma's article is that this movie does too much and not enough at the same time. And I think nothing encompasses that like how they treated Gore. Mm, amen. Sure. Whoever this writer um, is, I need to go follow them on Instagram you or should. something. You should. I I was really <laughs> digging their work. I want to circle back to to visuals really quick and and the comedy, and then we can go to spoilers because we are we are getting over time here. The scene with Thor and the Guardians, and for folks who are expecting the Guardians to be in this for a long time, don't. Um, they're there for like what the first ten minutes, and then they they literally kick Thor out. I was happy about that because Chris Pratt's face annoys me. But this, it didn't feel like a real place, like where, where they were. It felt like a set. Yeah. I know this movie is supposed to be campy, but I feel like they pushed it too far to the point of taking me out of the movie, especially after the seriousness of that opening scene with Gore. Mm-hmm. I thought the black and white battle was neat initially, but it was hard to really see what was going on. Every character had a bit of color to them, but the fight choreography was incomprehensible to me. There's a battle at the Island of Gods where the people fought and they gushed out gold when they were cut. It was just a bunch of light and sounds. I really felt like someone needed to punch up the action in this movie. If you think back to the fight with Thanos uh, on Titan, the movie slows down for you to see everything. As Tony attacks Thanos, you're seeing the nanomachines form into different things, the slowdown of Tony's kick to, to lock Thanos's arm to the ground. Doctor Strange is using light too, but it slows down to show you everything. Most of the fights in Thor 4 were just characters throwing the hammer or axe at CG and lightning just, just shoots out. It wasn't very inventive at all. I just wish the producers spent as much time on the action as they did on the comedy. Like, there's nothing I would rewatch on YouTube here. Even Ragnarok had more things going on with the, at least the character moments within the fight, like with him against Hulk, for example. Um, and I think lastly, uh, let's, let's touch on the comedy. Uh, there was no comedy. <laughs> uh-oh. I, okay. No, I think me. the funniest part of the movie were those goats. Those goats were, were, were funny to me. <laughs> <laughs> I, okay, you know why the goats kind of miss me a little bit? It's because I knew they're supposed to be funny. It's like when someone tells you a joke and you get like, ah, I know why this is supposed to be funny. But it because you know it's supposed to be funny, it kind of takes a little bit of that funniness off because it's such an obvious gag okay. for me. I was just like, uh, I, I like know. complex I, comedy, I think, man. Okay. There was like, a, I mean, they were useful, I, I do though. too. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I feel the complex comedy, but I, it did it for me. Like, remember when we started learning about weird sounds that animals made once like Vine and YouTube came around. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I remember just being shocked at uh, how, how they yell. <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> that's just funny to me. Man. I, I wonder if that's going to shock some younger viewers too, because, you know, they may not know that. Have you ever heard how Galapagos tortoises sound when they're having sex? They sound like, like old men. Like, <gasps> I can imagine that. 
that doesn't surprise me. It's funny to me. And they kept going with it too. It wasn't like it was a one-time thing. Like there, yeah. there was one scene, I, I don't want to spoil it, but near the end, it, there was a thing that they did that I, it caught me off guard. And that was funny. I felt like I was watching a meme in action while I was watching this movie. This movie felt like it really was for kids. There were a few other things that were cute that I don't want to spoil, but honestly, not everything landed for me. Um, mm-hmm. There's a running gag of Jane trying to workshop banter and battle cries during battle, and it didn't go anywhere for me. Mm-hmm. Even up to the finale, there was no payoff. Mm-mm. It felt undercooked. Mm-hmm. Speaking of which, on top of the main romance, there's a love triangle between Thor, Mjolnir, and Stormbreaker. And it was funny, if not confusing, giving these weapons feelings, but I, I think Stormbreaker was even starting to like not function yeah. as well for him out of spite. And that was cool, but at the same time, they didn't. I didn't find the resolution to that satisfying at all. It really didn't go anywhere. Yeah. <laughs> Are we going into spoilers now? So I can just... I'll just get to my closing thoughts and you can share yours and then we can get to spoilers. Is Love and Thunder worth the $20 IMAX ticket I bought? Uh, no. No. Is Disney Plus level for me to be honest yeah a lot of this just didn't work for me uh phase four continues to be more like phase bore snaps (laughs) i haven't loved much of anything from marvel lately but i was secretly holding out a small glimmer of hope for this movie because taiko titi just hasn't missed you know jojo rabbit ragnarok i mean he's done some great stuff but yeah i was just disappointed my closing thoughts are that there is this issue that I realized while I was watching Thor. It really hit home at the end of Thor too, especially after I just finished watching Miss Marvel. And I think I complained about a little bit of stuff before that it, I can tell that they are aiming for a younger audience, but it almost feels like they're telling us this is no longer for you. This is for someone else now so you can grow up. And I'm so... I don't know, a little frustrated. I feel so tired. Well, I'll get into this a little bit with spoilers because I don't want to spoil too much, but I think the tonal shifts are confusing about what Marvel wants to do because it's for kids, but why have you strip a man naked in the movie? Because nakedness is funny to kids. But also, Taika Waititi manages to fit in another orgy joke (laughs) in here. (laughs) You know? I mean, this is his second MCU film talking about it. Remember the news with the paparazzi catching him kissing Tessa Thompson and Rita Ora? Like, live your best life. But in a movie that is clearly aimed at family and kids, like, you know, maybe, you know, keep some stuff out, bruv. Mommy, what is an orgy? (laughs) Yes, I'm like... (laughs) It's very weird. It is very weird. Before we go to spoilers, I do want to ask you, how would you rank the Phase 4 films? Not the show, the films. Eternals, uh, is it uh, Black Widow? Oh, Shang Chi, oh, yeah, yeah. The only one that I mean, I only like two of them, so I guess they're pretty much mm. at the bottom. Mm. So I, I only like Shang Chi and uh, Doctor Strange. Okay, and I don't know if I, I, I would watch. I think I would watch Doctor Strange again. I would definitely watch Shang Chi again. But yeah, the rest of those could. Mm, you can definitely, you can have keep them. those, mm-hmm. keep those. I would, I would probably say Eternals is last easily. Um, I think Black Widow and Thor, I I mean... For me, Black Widow was last. I felt like that movie was... I only liked one character in the whole movie. Oh, Yelena, yeah. I mean, I could could at least YouTube the the Taskmaster fight, but I don't don't really care to. Mm. But yeah, I'd say Eternals, uh, then Black Widow, then Thor, then Shang-Chi, then Strange 2. And and I think No Way Home 
even though it has a lot of flaws, I think some of the really the, the stuff that worked really worked. Hmm. And I can't say anything about the other films that like when it worked, it really really worked, except for Doctor Strange. Mm-hmm. But I put Spider Man over over Strange personally. Of course you would. <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> of course you would. No, yeah. but uh, yeah, I I feel like Marvel in Phase Four is suffering from. We are fatigued. I, I mean, we have fatigue. I, I think we're all fatigued, and not even just because they're putting out subpar stuff, but they're putting out so much of it, so mm. much of it. It's like it's not only are you putting out a lot, but it's not even that. What did you say before? It's like eating uh microwave food. There's a lot of it, but it's not good. Or reheated food. Yeah. Reheated food. Yeah. I mean, even this movie feels like uh, someone someone else said it. I forgot what reviewer, but they called it a Ragnarok's Redux, where they kind of reset him to like learn who he is again. But yeah, I agree. It, it does feel like a lot of reheated stuff. Re- reheated formulas, reheated uh, forced jokes. All right. We've talked at length, um, and we are running a bit long on time. So let's get to the spoilers. A three. A two. A one. First, uh, Heimdall has a son. Yeah, when that happened, and why they didn't tell us? Yeah, about yeah, <laughs> that should have been said in like Ragnarok or something. Yeah, I'm pretty salty that we couldn't have any interactions with that. It would have been nice to have seen the wife before Heimdall died, uh, yeah. or or seen her reunite with Heimdall. Uh, when did Heimdall have time to go have a kid? Because he was he's just- like uh, <laughs> he's like like a uh, Bill Clinton's like summoning people into his office or something i don't know but yeah i agree maybe in ragnarok when he was helping folks escape he was like i'm gonna put one in you real quick hey girl i mean <laughs> hey if he just elva you know don't say what i was thinking <laughs> hey hey That's exactly again. what i thought i was like well maybe exactly he just elba came and said hey <laughs> i got 15 minutes to live are we doing this or not you know <laughs> i thought the final battle with the children was cute if i were a young child watching this i would have had the time of my life fantasizing about being there but why the fuck couldn't thor give his powers to the avengers in endgame or infinity war that certainly would have helped the guardians fight thanos when they went to nowhere uh it almost cheapens chris evans picking up the hammer it's like in dragon ball z when goku and gohan and vegeta you know they pushed and trained so hard to become super saiyans and then go to the trunks were like yeah i can do it too When was it that the transformation to the legendary warrior of the Saiyan race was reduced to a child's plaything? Uh, (laughs) the fact that he can give his powers to people means that theoretically he could have given them to Valkyrie, who isn't as strong as him. He could have given them to the Asgardian parents to help him get their children back. Like, he went to the Island of Gods to get an army, but he... It seems like he could have made one himself. Thor is the strongest of them all, but don't the adults in New Asgard already have superhuman abilities because they're naturally Asgardian and they have training. He took these kids in there. <laughs> took them kids in there. I was like, y'all got any fighting experience? Nah, fam. <laughs> I got a teddy bear. Well, cool. You know, it's like, it was cute. But like, again, I said it before with Obi-Wan, this is cool, but how we got here makes no sense to me. And it's not consistent. On that, on that note that you said about mm-hmm. cheapening Mjolnir, Poor Mjolnir, he's just cheap into hell these days. Because the story of how Jane got her powers, and then the way they had to, like, insert... They had to insert the reason she was able to pick... Flashbacks. 
Yeah. That flashbacks that didn't make any sense. I was trying to figure out what timeline this was fitting yeah, into. Yeah, there was a lot of stuff happening for me to be like, oh, I see when this when, when this happened. <laughs> no, because it's like because it definitely seemed like it happened after Infinity War. It, I don't know how because it said he had to work. What happened after Thor: The Dark World? No, because this was this was definitely they were definitely like. That's, this is so confusing to me. Like, cause they. I say this because his hair was cut. What I'm wondering is, like, if it did happen, you know, maybe. Well, the thing is, his hair is long mm-hmm. in those cutscenes. So it's like. It's the same long, though. It's not even the, the coiffed long that it used to be in the first movies. Cause it used to be like. Now it's like kind of ra- like ratty looking cause he's like. Tr- like drunk and like and, not taking care braided. of himself. Yeah. But yeah. before it was like really nice looking and. It's it, it's a really confusing point of time. You can't even know because they don't really explain. They're just like, oh, they were dating and then he got too busy and then they broke up. Yeah, because if he's if it's long hair Thor post Infinity War because he was sad, then like he should have been sad, not like partying up in a hot dog suit. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> or, or I forgot what costume he had on. Yeah, it was but a hot yeah, dog it, suit. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So yeah, I don't understand this. It doesn't make sense to me. Yeah. Also, that they, they can explain. That he made a wish on Mjolnir to protect her. I was like, this is a very, like, it's just, again, too much belief needed to be suspended for this movie from you. I mean, Odin made the spell to give things to, or anyone who's worthy, you know, I I guess they can assign things to it. On that note, though, I want to get to Odin on this. So I hated the trip to the realm of the gods. I think something that could have filled the gap of that, besides working with with gore was maybe thor's quest to obtain the odin force Mm. from the comic books i think with thor trying to understand who he is going back to his father who gave him the the great advice in ragnarok about he's not the god of hammers he's the god of thunder i think it would have been cool for thor to finally go on that quest to achieve a level of power that his father had i think that power is truly greater than the lightning bolt uh that zeus had and i think it would have been more personal for the character Again, I think I I feel like I've been saying a lot of the same things over and over again. It just feels like they don't recognize that the audience is mature enough to be interested in something else. I feel like they pick Zeus because Zeus is a like what you said set up to something else, but also because Zeus is a well-known god. Name recognition. Yeah. But I feel like if they had used anyone else, that would have been a great opportunity just like they did with Miss Marvel to like explain, expose mm-hmm. people to it would be new and interesting by the way because Zeus is so played out. I'm tired of hearing about him. Um, and I was just bored by the iteration of Zeus anyway. Like, it was... Also, why didn't he die? Because they said, oh, you killed Zeus, and then he's not dead. Yeah, that, yeah, again, that was that was very weird. Oh, you know, let's, let's get on that. I thought it was cheap that, uh, what's his name? Kroll? The Rock dude, what's his name? Yeah. Do you know his name? Kroll. I, it was, it was, I think it was cheap that Rockman <laughs> and Valkyrie got stabbed or killed, and we thought they were dead, but they were fine. It's like when Norman stabbed Tobey Maguire from behind and No Way Home. Like, there's just no pay... If there's no payoff, then why do that? They could have done it better, like, in Guardians of the Galaxy, where Groot dies, but then, like, all the way at the end. You you get to sit with the fact that Groot dies until the very end of the movie. Like, maybe it was a cutscene where you see Groot in the little pot dancing. And thing is, Groot really did die. Like, this this new teen Groot is a new person mm. who has a... Like, he's not a, the old Groot. So that actually does have some 
yeah, some it, weight. All it, the memories that that Groot had with Rocket are gone. Mm-hmm. The Rock dude dies. Oh man, I'm dying. Oh wait, all the life is in my face for some reason. Oh well, ha ha ha. And it's like, what? I know it's supposed to be a joke about them talking too much, but I, it, it missed me because he said, yeah, I, I, he said, but, oh, who would have thought that all the life in a girl's uh, body was in their mouth? <laughs> I was like, oh, okay, I get it. He talks too much. Uh, eh, no. Uh, and then Valkyrie too. It's like the butcher has been stabbed and killing people the whole time. So like, why didn't she die? I don't want her to die, but it's like, don't do this. Like I got you dead to rights, but I'm just going to, you know, kind of, kind of hurt you. And then it takes her out the fight for the rest of the thing. I have a lot of scenarios of a better finale than what we got to, to be honest. Um, but I thought, you know, Jane with Mjolnir, Valkyrie with her skill set and Thor armed with lightning powers. Maybe he doesn't have the axe. You know, he's just using lightning in a creative way now. Like, you know, in, in Ragnarok, he he like fought those folks on the bridge with with his lightning, not with I the axe. I didn't understand. Anything. I maybe maybe this is explained in comics or something. I don't know, but I didn't understand why he just couldn't call Stormbreaker. Oh, that's true. That's like, true, right? I'm, he just it was just planted there. He's yeah. like, I can't get it. Yeah, I agree. That's a good point. I didn't think about that. I was the whole time in the movie. I was like, oh, it's it's a magical weapon created specifically for Thor. For you, and you made it. Like like you you like bled for this thing. I mean, I guess for plot, but I was just like, this is weird. I mean, like okay. to me, it would have made more sense if like the gore was like in that place, and then Thor doesn't know that it's the key and uses the Bifrost to get there to get the kids and unlocks the door unintentionally. Mm-hmm. That would have been a way less plot holy device. Yeah. <laughs> Let's see. Uh, I agree with you. I want to rattle off my scenarios for a better climax. Um, I think the final battle could have been on the Island of Gods. Like, cut out the kids completely in the story. Like, maybe Zeus calls upon Thor to come to the island to prepare now that Odin is gone. And maybe Zeus feels he needs all the help he can get. You know, going back to, to the Odin Force thing we talked about, maybe Zeus says that Thor can only help if he gets the Odin Force. And maybe that that's a lot of the quests in this movie. Thor can still talk about how gods have abandoned people and shamed Zeus into wanting revenge and seeking, you know, seeking Hercules on him. But can you imagine a much better climax with gods of different designs showing off various abilities fighting in this epic battle like yeah. maybe instead of the fight on the moon gore is yeah. slowly changing the island black and white or expanding the shadow realm or bringing the island of the gods into the shadow realm where he, he can kill them more easily like in that that powerpuff episode that powerpuff girl episode yeah the clown one actually yeah that. that's great that's a great episode classic I couldn't understand why they said he didn't have the key, but didn't tell him what the key was. Basically sent my man directly to give him the key. Yeah. That was a weird situation. Like, oh, he can't make it because he doesn't have the key. But Thor has the key. You should. That's information that. Yeah. yeah I, I wanted. I When I went in, I thought to myself, this is going to be a fun, campy movie. I really thought I was going to be able to say that about this review. And no, for me, it missed on all marks. And it's a character I actually like, so it's, I feel like it's even worse for me because I, I like Thor. Mm-mm-mm. Like, for me, when Black Widow wasn't that good, I was like, that's fine, because I don't like Scarlett Johansson's rendition of Black Widow. And I got a cooler Black Widow out of it, so, like, psh, the movie was okay, but, like, I'm I'm happy to see Yelena in the future. This one mm-hmm. didn't leave me wanting anything. I, like, wanted to see more of anything. Mm-hmm. I'm upset. I'm upset. <laughs> mm. <laughs> I want to get to like my last scenario. 
Thor can't acquire the lightning bolt and goes into battle anyway. You know, maybe Valkyrie's there. She has her her knives. Jane has her Mjolnir. Thor's doing his best. And in the heat of it, he loses himself to warrior's madness to protect Jane. And like, you know, maybe she's about to be killed. For those who don't know what that is, it's similar to Wolverine's Berserker Rage where his powers are amplified. He's just faster and just more raw. But it's at the cost of losing control of himself. Uh, for Thor, he becomes darker and he can hurt his allies. He just doesn't know. He's just he's just out of his mind. At the end of this movie, Thor talked no jutsu gore. But I think it'd been more interesting if Jane talked no jutsu Thor out of his madness from rage to love. And then maybe Gore could, you know, in some way they would be inspired by that instead of just that that rush at the end, like of more about actions than than just saying I'm going to spend my last moments with the woman I love. It's like, uh, it, it, I, I did like Christian Bale's acting a lot when his daughter came back. Like, I was actually touched by that a lot. But again, it's like how we got there was. Yeah, and Christian Bale is a light in this movie for sure. For sure. Yeah. But <laughs> he's the light in the movie, but he's the darkest thing in there. Um, On that note, have you seen his interview? Mm-mm. I forgot interview he did. Uh, with someone but like i've seen christian bale talk about movies that he's excited about before i may play the clip for the podcast listeners but someone was talking to him about man this movie blah 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 and then he was kind of like had had the stiff face like yeah what a film <laughs> and he just stopped i was like man is he is he giving us like a, a coded message but i thought that was really funny yes <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he was really wasted in this movie. On the subject of like needing these weapons to take him out, if Captain America's lightning knocked Thanos to the ground in Endgame, why does Thor need Zeus's lightning bolt? Like, Gore is not the threat that Thanos is. My issue is this god-killing sword can be defeated by god-wielded weapons. Yeah, like they they broke it apart and then they just shot lightning into the hammer and it just dissolved. Like it it yeah, there wasn't again hand waving. A lot of this like, oh, it just happened. It looks cool. I I didn't get and like you said like need. why they didn't just kill Gore himself? Why they have to go for the sword? I mean, I know the sword will like uh, I guess so the sword can't be a threat again a the, a threat again and cause someone else. But first of all, who what kind of person can make it that far? But secondly, like yeah, just kill the dying man. Yeah. Yeah, like like separate them, jail him, and then, you know, game game over. You know, cut his hands off like like you did in uh in Endgame. Like like as soon as yeah, I mean, you already have the template. Just just jump his ass. <laughs> like <laughs> Yeah, okay. Um my last okay, I want to say thing a thing that I liked and then I'm going to go to thing thing that I thought was weird too. I my favorite scene in this movie was Gore talking to the kids. You know, Heimdall's son was telling that story, and then Gore's behind him like, what a great story. The kid's like, oh shit! And then he's like, he's being terrifying. But the way he like brings up that headless the uh, thing with its head cut off mm-hmm. and like shocking the kids, I thought that was funny. That was funny to me. I thought that Axel was the best character in this movie. You were talking about Valkyrie. I, Axel was the best character in this movie for me, hands down. I would love to see more of him. Yeah, Axel's cool. Yeah, he was such a level-headed like older brother type and i mm-hmm. i really enjoyed that character i i hope to see that actor uh in the future i hope he's in like the young avengers mm-hmm. i i totally agree that'd be really cool to see my last bit jane has cancer why can't they ask strange to heal her or and lady sif's arm ask wakanda maybe because apparently in the canon at least in the comics wakanda does have a cure for cancer yeah so we started asking questions about why can't these heroes ask for help back in phase two and three especially if they know each other now. And they kind of addressed it in Far From Home once. 
you know, uh, Fury was like, Thor, off world, you know, Captain America, C- Captain Marvel, blah, 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 blah. But if your loved ones and your your best friends are in mortal danger, would you not exhaust your resources? It felt very odd to me. Mm. This whole movie was just like, again, doing too much and not much at all at the same time. Like I, I, It felt like empty calories watching this movie. Yeah. And I wasn't convinced that Thor... I can I wasn't convinced. I don't know. Maybe it's just a personal thing, but just got this kid dropped on him, and I. <laughs> yeah, that was weird. Like I, I mean, does he need this? I again, I I'm not that, a, you know, I'm not that deep. I think that must. be... I'm gonna assume. I'm hoping that it's like something deep in the comics that I don't know. But I, I don't know. I don't know her, <laughs> and I don't know why she has these powers too. Yeah, like I, she's. Like, she came back. And then she's just like got the glowy purple eyes. It's not thunder. Yeah, it's some other power. I don't know this character. Um, yeah. I'm not ashamed to admit that because I feel like some people be front. And I'm like, no, I have no idea who this character is. I don't know <laughs> who she's supposed to be. Talking about love yeah. and thunder, like, bruh, I don't know her. <laughs> I don't know her. Am right, Carrie? <laughs> <laughs> so, um, that's all I got for this movie right now. Do you have anything else you want to talk about? No. Okay. <laughs> Let's stop here. Let's stop here. We'll get prepared for part two. Thank you all for listening this long. Remember. We are on Instagram at B-L-E-R-D period U-P. We're on Twitter at B-L-E-R-D-U. I'm on Twitch now at Blurdy B, B-L-E-R-D-Y-B. Miss Allie, where can they find you? Allie Soko, A-L-Y-S-O-K-O on all platforms. Twitch, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube. Uh, All doing completely different things, but, you know, all fun. And I also, of course, want to acknowledge Bird.com, our partners and publishers awesome website full of nerdy content from a black cultural lens again thank you ali for being here for this one we'll pretend like part two is a a brand new day in time (laughs) uh, peace